Say goodbye to restrictive weight loss methods and hello to iVeeam, the number one prescriber of GLP-1 medications. GLP-1s curb cravings, stabilize blood sugar, increase energy, and balance A1C levels to regulate your body and kickstart your weight loss journey. iVeeam is committed to making medical weight loss accessible, affordable, and customized because we believe that's how it should be. Sign up for free and get 20% off our accessibility programs. It's time to take control of the food noise, shed those cravings, and embrace a life of transformed health. Are you ready to experience the end bold difference? Evidence-based care from doctors who listen. Take control of your biology today and start your journey toward a healthier, happier you. Visit enbold.com to embark on your transformational journey with Enbold. And bold, where real change begins. to another episode of the Plus Sides Podcast. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. How is everybody? We've got Dr. Contessa already in here. Why? Because everything's a hot mess. There are massive storms coming through from the hurricane. (laughs) So we're just like, we're rolling with it because we don't want to lose Kat and Kat's the one that's like leaving us a lot right now. So I'm going to get started. (laughs) Hot Mess Express tonight. Hello. Hot Mess Express. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So if you're new here, I'm going to be real quick because I want to lose cat and she may pop in and out. Quit moving. <laughs> okay. So, Hey, um, I'm Kim. And uh, this podcast was born out of the TikTok community and we are all taking a GLP one medication uh, for some sort of medical reason. We've, a lot of us have lost a lot of weight. It's changed our lives in a lot of different ways um, from anxiety to depression to all these different things, medical benefits. So we started this community so that we could talk about it. We started this podcast so we could amplify the message. Um, and so that's what we're doing here. So JT quick intro and then we're going to cat. Who are you? I'm JT type two diabetic. <laughs> Okay. Um, on Mount Jaro, I've lost 41 pounds. Awesome. That was excellent. That was so pithy. Kat, who are you? Why are you here? Quick. <laughs> really quickly. There you yeah, I'm Kat. Really quickly. And uh, I lost 66 pounds on Manjaro, not oh, my well, Manjaro Midwestern way of saying Manjaro. it. No, not from the Manjaro. Manjaro, no. yeah. <laughs> you know? And I was just, oh, yeah, just in uh, Dr. Home City, home, home, hometown, two weeks ago. In yeah. Kansas City. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> That's where you saw that really cute Everything puppy. is a song. I saw the videos. Yeah, you know. It's okay. <laughs> You're a music person. It's all good. And, and hey, Dr. Contessa, you were on mute, but could you get off? Hello. Tell us, you? <laughs> tell us who you are and how you help people, and we'll go from there. Well, I am clearly from Kansas City, Missouri, but I reside in Atlanta. Um, thank you, Navy. That's how I ended up here. Um, and I am, I consider myself a preventive and occupational medicine doctor. I'm double board certified, working on um, quadruple board certified. I want to get board certified in obesity medicine and addiction medicine. Um, time is crazy, so still taking those boards, but um, it hasn't happened yet. It's happening this fall. 
But um, and I initially trained in family medicine. And what I do now is I have my own integrative and functional medicine clinic. And the reason I actually have that is a big part of kind of what you guys are discussing. Preventive medicine is actually a specialty that is concerned with essentially prevention of poor outcomes, you know, making you live healthier, better, stronger, um, amazing lives. And mm -hmm. so one thing that we do is try to prevent disease. And of course, if you already have disease to prevent an organ de damage and early death. And um, a big part of my job actually working in a major government facility was doing medication assisted weight loss. Um, and so mm -hmm. I've been doing this kind of work for a very long time. And I was able to help a lot of people for free because, of course, working for a government facility, we provide medicines. And um, it's shocking that, you know, we talk about everybody not having access to these medications, but mm -hmm. we understand that the healthcare system is really a sick care system. And so mm -hmm. it's been, we, in public health, I have a degree in public health as well. We always talk about that pyramid. We spend all of our, straight my arms, I might have a crooked pyramid. My pyramid. <laughs> I should know better because I'm a Delta, so I have to do pyramids all the time. So let's just do that. <laughs> and I'm allowed to do that. So looking at this pyramid, the bottom oh, is where we spend all of, don't do that. Don't do that. The bottom, see, this, this, she just got a mess. No, I'm just playing. It's she all. always got a mess. <laughs> I, love it. I literally love it. But at the bottom <laughs> of the pyramid in healthcare is where we spend all of our money, which is actually in the sick care system. And at the very, very top is prevention. So we spend very little money. And I ultimately wish that we can turn it upside down and spend most of our money, because look at that heart, on all of um, keeping people healthier. But it's just not the way it is right now. Not in America. No, not in America. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Although it's like I hear yeah. even in, um, so we had um, – Alex on our show, um, whose last name I already forgot. Don't kill me, Alex. Um, who was on our show a long time ago. We're and uh, he, there you go. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. And he was on our show a while ago and he was specifically talking about how it's really great there if you break your leg, you're going to get amazing care and immediate. But if you want anything that's like preventative or anything that's, you know, what they consider, I don't know, elective, if you will, um, uh, then you're going to have to pay for it. And he was saying, and even like a couple hundred dollars a month for Ozempic is very, very expensive there. So he's like, it's falling apart here. So, you know, it's like, I don't know mm. what equals good anymore, you know, because it's like that. I feel like we always look to, we always look to, I think, EMEA and that sort of region as, oh, like that's what makes sense. And then I hear from other people that that's not good. So I feel like there's got to be something in the middle. What are we missing? You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Deep really question good. of today. I love it. <laughs> I love it. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So what about um, your practice and like what is we hear about this a lot, actually, really in this in this community about sort of like the concierge type of, you know, practice and, and what that looks like and how that works. Yeah. Can you explain that to, to us? Because not everybody knows, you know. <laughs> so I, I actually just don't take insurance. And one of the reasons why is actually quite interesting. Um, so I like I said, I did primary care in the past and I've worked really, really well with primary care physicians. Um, but the challenge was for me is that some of these things that I feel are very important are just uncovered they're just not covered. And so yeah. I am more of, I feel like more of a, a gap. I feel those gaps in the system. For instance, um, I spend a lot of time with patients when they come in for weight loss, we go to the root of the problem, right? So a lot of times it could be, you know, multifactorial, you know, meaning that, you know, you struggle with weight your whole life, or some people yeah. even say, you know, it's padding for pain, meaning that they've been dealing with tra trauma and this is the way that they've dealt with it. So we, trying to deal with all that is difficult. You can't build necessarily for that. And just, I had a conversation with a friend today, actually, who was talking about how 
he got what's called a kickback, right? Saw a patient for a primary care service, billed the insurance company $169. And so the insurance company, this is how they pimp us, um, contacted him and said, we're going to charge back $100 and you're going to pay, we're going to pay you $69 for that visit, even though he spent, he did the work, spent the time. Yeah. But that's just the way. Wow. And so understanding that, of course, in medicine, we are not the power. People get upset about how much doctors make, but you, we don't make nearly as much as the time we spend. When yeah. I finish this podcast, I'm going to be up to probably about one or two o'clock in the morning tonight, um, getting ready for tomorrow because I still have all these charts that I haven't finished. Um, yeah. I just finished my seeing the patients. I didn't finish charting it. And so yeah. that's the challenge. That's the challenge that we unfortunately don't have the power to yeah. uh, necessarily always get what we um, deserve. And so a lot of times I spend time with my patients talking to them about these things. And we've been prescribing these medicines, believe it or not, for a very long time um, and outside of diabetes. And the way I talk to patients and the way I deal with them, we talk about nutrition. I practice what's called lifestyle medicine. And that's something, again, I just don't get compensated for if um, yeah. if I you yeah. know do traditional medicine. So people yeah. don't pay. Me. I don't charge them like sometimes with concierge medicine. You can pay basically a, a flat fee to ha have mm -hmm. access to me. I don't do that. I charge you, yeah. and I'll tell people all the time. If you talk to any of my patients, I tell them all the time. You may mm -hmm. never see me again because what I will do today is give you all the foundational things that you need. I'll tell you all the people that you need to see. You don't necessarily need to see me. I maybe yeah. just help you organize what you maybe what you didn't understand, what you what you need yeah. to do now. You go forth and be great with the plan that we have. And that's my goal, just to make you feel empowered about taking care of your health care. And so a lot of doctors awesome. are picking up and doing some of these things now. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I've been doing it in preventive medicine for a long, long time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I have to say, like, mm -hmm. I, I leverage a, um, a telehealth obesity. I have a regular doctor. I have all the doctors in the land. Um, but um, even even with mine, which I think is very good, um, it's not like that. You know, no one sits down and goes mm -hmm. like, OK, for this, let's talk about this. OK, here's what we're going to do here. It's not like that. Um, and it is a, a flat fee that you pay. I mean, a lot of telehealths are like that. So that's really interesting. And I think that's a really big gap. It's cool that you're able to find a way to fix that. You know, can I first apologize, though, for yeah. peers? I, I feel guilty. I, I have to. A lot of times I spend a lot of time apologizing for what mm -hmm. we aren't doing a great job at. Um, unfortunately, we don't necessarily ne learn that in our training. We don't yeah. learn it in medical school. Um, so I apologize to you that that is yeah. happening because it shouldn't be. Yeah. And I, and I think, I think we're shaking up the system a lot right now, you know, um, with the way things that have been. And if anything, what I'm learning about more insurance through the show is that they're screwing the doctors and they're screwing us too. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't even know what we're paying for anymore. Like major medical health. That's it. Like if you, if you end up in the hospital and you have some sort of dire disease and even then they may still find loopholes to find a way for you right. to your care. So it's, it's really bad. You know, you um, actually so said something quite interesting. Do you know, um, certain primary care doctors get a kickback for keeping patients out the hospital. There's a, a fee, like a bonus that they get at the end of the year. What? Yep. Wow. Yep. So, so that's how they're incentivized. So that actually is. So that's yeah. again. And when you look at some of the things that people spend time on, there's a reason. And yeah. one of those reasons is they get compensated for it. Me talking to yeah. you about childhood trauma doesn't necessarily get me compensated, but it yeah. helps you at the end understand why it is that you eat when you're stressed out or yeah, maybe totally. some of the, you know, maladaptive behaviors that you never understood why you do it. It helps you understand it. So we won't convert from one bad behavior to another one. Mm -hmm. Once we make some tangible, positive lifestyle changes, if we understand mm -hmm. what we need, 
then we can move forward. But we just don't want to create cycles that repeat themselves yeah. over and over again. Yeah, which is for sure what's happened in my life, you know, and I know Kat and I both have had, you know, childhood trauma, you know, issues, issues with binge eating disorder. Um, and both of us have just seen like a complete 180 from being able to take these medications. And it's amazing the mental work that I've been able to do because my body can handle it. Do you know what I'm saying? Like I could never get in that place before to do those things I need to do. And that's what's I think, like, honestly, that's the miraculous part, you know, is to be able to get your body in a state to be able to do all the things you've always tried to do, but always failed at because your body wasn't responding, you know? Yeah. It's so cool. But yeah, but I love that you're thinking about everything that way and they're coming at it full circle. That's super neat. Yay. <laughs> so, um, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, it's an honor and I actually think it's a privilege to practice medicine. Um, yeah. I have a lot of friends that tried and never were able to make it in. And so yeah. I've struggled with trying to find my place in medicine. It was a long mm -hmm. time that I felt, because once you start having kids and you get married, yeah. and, you start feeling like you're being pulled in several different directions. You do struggle mm -hmm. and they call it burnout. And I don't want to use the yeah. old term, but we learn that in life, we all get burnt out, but in medicine, sure. it's really trying because unlike a lot of things you are like, it's your identity as well. And so you sometimes can't turn that off. And so a lot mm -hmm. of times, like all my children say all the time, I never want to be a doctor. That just means I'm never going to be available to my kids. Yeah. Oh, no. Um, I know. I know. That's Terrible. That's that constant balance and that constant yeah. struggle. So I'm hoping yeah. I'm not creating childhood trauma in my kids. I mean, I kind of think we all do in a way. Like, it just depends on how bad it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> like I, I, don't, I don't think there's a way out of it. I think you just do the best you can. At least that's what I'm hoping. Yeah. Talk to me in 10 years. I'll let you know how much I screwed him up. So... <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, Dr. Angelina here with IBI Healthcare Institute and Surgery Care Arts, and we're going to talk about telogenophobia. Did you know it's normal? Did you know it's normal to lose some of your hair during stressful situation, whether it's emotional or physiologic stress? And it comes back. That's the good news. Telogen is a normal resting phase for your hair. Normally, 10 to 20% of your hair stays in resting phase. When you go through stressful situation, whether it's nutritional stress, emotional, physiologic stress, body says, whoa, we need some of that extra energy elsewhere in the body right now. Hair is just not that important. So more hair goes to sleep. Once the situation balances out, stress, whether it's nutrition, vitamins, whatever it is, several months later, the hair will start going back. So don't fret about it. Support yourself. Make sure you get your vitamins, nutrients, protein, and manage your stress levels. It will get better. So lately, as um, as I've been sort of learning more about these, uh, really since we launched this in April, and I've been learning more about you know, these medications from the different you know medical practitioners we've had on the show, um, as well as from people in our community, right, that have been treating themselves like comes from from tech marketing. I think about things in use case, right, like her diagnosis. So when I think about the different reasons that they take these medications, and I think at the beginning I was very judgmental. So I've been really examining my bias as I've gone through this, especially lately. And yes, I did see the Barbie movie and that is what started it. Um, <laughs> but I started thinking, I started thinking, you know, this, what I've learned like on its face is that, is that these medications are about health, yeah. right? So if we're treating health, why am I looking at somebody that I think looks skinny to me because of, you know, my own bias or because I think it's like based on societal norms, why am I looking at them when they appear to be skinny and judging them when truthfully they could have something metabolic going on? I can't see food noise. 
right? I can't see things that are wrong within their body. So why am I making that judgment? Like, why would, you know, you can't. You can't. Yeah. That's one yeah. thing that's off-label for that. And a lot of people will talk yeah. about, they'll talk about that. I remember that was, that was kind of a big conversation. When you look at when medicines are FDA approved, right? Yeah. There is a clinical indication. We, in, in science, um, my favorite word is data. So I may yeah. nerd out a little bit on you, but. That's okay. Um, we like data. JT and yes. I love data. Yeah, nerd it. We, we love that. that. Right? <laughs> so when you run an experiment, you have like yeah. a null hypothesis, which basically means that there's going to be no change, right? We're going to yeah. make these, we're going to do these things, but the outcome is going to essentially be the same as me doing nothing, right? Whatever the yeah. status quo is. And so that's kind of that, that's what you assume when you run an experiment. However, you hope and pray that your experiment, what you're looking for, the study question is going to be answered in a positive way. Meaning, I think if I start this medicine, it's going to lower people's blood sugar and, you know, reverse diabetes. Yeah. You hope that. But the no hypothesis is that there'll be, you know, for the most part, no change. Nothing will happen. Um, and so what happened with these medicines is that not only did they treat diabetes and improve A1C, they also were found to lower your risk of dying from major cardiovascular events. They were found that they lower your cholesterol. They actually lower your weight. So that was the byproduct. That was a, that was a, like a not expected, but that was one of the things that they found when they you know were able to do the experiments. And so of course, after the fact, when you had one study question, but you find these other uses for the medication, kind of like with Viagra. Viagra was actually medicine that was being tested for high blood pressure. Didn't really work well that way, but what they found was that men were getting erections. And so that they were able to pivot and use it um, for that reason. And so that's kind of what happened here. And so it's shocking to me that people a lot of times will not understand. I almost wish that when it comes to diabetes, that we would almost address it and treat it like we do autism. It's on the spectrum. You're on the spectrum. Totally. When you're yeah. obese, when you have prediabetes, you're on the spectrum. And I don't think anyone would say to a child who maybe isn't doesn't fit all the criteria for autism, you really shouldn't be going through physical and occupational therapy, speech therapy. You shouldn't be going through. They wouldn't do that. You wouldn't. You shouldn't have yeah. counseling because you don't fit all the criteria. Yeah. And that's yeah. almost what happened here. Like people somehow or another feel like there is some special, like you know, I'm entitled to yeah. this because I fit the criteria, but actually the criteria is pretty arbitrary and it changes. Yeah, totally. And we now treat prediabetes just as aggressively a lot of times as we do diabetes. Yeah. I think Mm -hmm. it's, I think that's super interesting. It's like, I, I was thinking about how so many times we're having to justify why we take this medication off label. I know we're saying things like, but I don't want to be on the other side of an A1C. I don't want to be on. Like I'm really trying to avoid an additional disease, you know. And and we try to justify it that way. But then I just kept thinking, well, what about these people that are trying to be on the other side of a BMI? Like they're trying to not be, you know, 30 plus BMI, you know. But they are struggling with weight. And eventually, we know based on set weights and all the data that we have now, they're probably going to end up there, or there's a good chance that they will. So I feel like even saying that someone can't use it for 10 or 20 pounds, honestly, I think it's wrong. You know, and I didn't think that before, but I I do. And it's just like what you're talking about is basically, you know, your early adopter. Like you already know the future is going to hold. And eventually that's going to be the case. Nobody will basically be looking at anyone's journey and saying it's not beneficial for you to try to lose weight, understanding that there are poor poor health outcomes, despite what your agency is, with just purely being overweight and obese. And so it is a, di- you know, it's a diagnosis of its own. And for anyone who, oh, by the way, who struggle with their weight for the majority of their life, it is to me cruel to tell them that this is 
to try something that has yeah. been helping other people is just no you should just deal with you should just do diet and exercise which is outdated and it doesn't even it's not even found it's not clinically sound advice <laughs> unless yeah. unless you're going to be yeah. completely plant-based and um yeah. basically nothing processed and live on the, yeah. the, the uh, daniel fast then yeah that, totally and wow who's doing, who's doing that in 2023 never ever nobody. ever nobody nope. never, nope. nobody this and maybe problem. if you live in another country, but this food is not the food. <laughs> like, even, even in other countries. I mean, yeah. I've been all over the yeah. world and everywhere I go yeah. is, you know, the process is the reason that you had to kind of do that is because when you think about food insecurity, you know, there's a reason why we started to process things because people didn't have access. Right. There was always yeah. this fear of not having right. any people starving is truly, a, a, you know, an option for some people. So you had to yeah. find a way to get it to people who didn't have access, but we've taken that whole in a whole other direction, you know, that had nothing yeah. to do with Skittles. They weren't talking about Skittles. <laughs> My, yeah. They were not referring to that when they were talking about needing substance and feeding, yeah. you know, feeding babies that couldn't get um, nourishment. So. Yeah. 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 That's, that, that is so key because, you know, so many times, and especially now with me being overseas, you, you know, so many people, especially in the States talk about, oh, you know, the FDA just allows so much in our food. And I'm not saying that they don't, but you're going to have processes everywhere you go in, in the world. But, you know, with, that being said with, you know, the world and, you know, different with travel, the world's, you know, your world opens up and the world of GLP ones seems to be opening up. So do you work with patients who previously didn't have access to GLP ones and are now taking them oh, as yeah. part of a program? And are, are you seeing an increase in overall health with your patients taking GLP-1s? Yeah. So, you know, just to be clear again, like I guess that I've been doing this for a long time. And so before yeah. it was lyriglutide and duoglutide, which we thought were game trainers, right. daily injectables. And so then we got- What was the other one called? I didn't mean to interrupt you. Lyriglutide and daily. And they still work pretty well. They're not working as well as semaglutide did. And then now Majaro, and, you know, there's going to be a new one that is going to come on the market. Um, that is, I think, retatrutide, retatrutide. Yeah, no uh-huh. one has said it. Retatrutide, retatrutide. I don't know. I don't remember how to pronounce that, but that one is going to have, so, you know, so semaglutide, some people say semaglutide, semaglutide. Yeah. I had, you know, that was just a GLP-1. And then there was, you know, the GIP agonist, which is the Manjaro Ultrazepatide. And this one's going to have this third mechanism of action, which is going to be a glucagon agonist. And so there, when you're looking at comparisons, first and foremost, this medicine is purely for weight loss. They're testing it purely for weight loss, only weight loss. And Mm -hmm. um, some people who were in that test group were pre-diabetic. And when you look at those numbers, I think 72% of those people are went to normal um, blood sugar from mm-hmm. taking this medicine for 48 weeks. And so, mm-hmm. and again, they weren't looking, we're talking about the question when you do an experiment, yeah. the question for them was purely weight loss. And so for that mm-hmm. reason, that's what they're trying to market it for. And when it does become, they're going to look at FDA approval for weight loss. Does it mean it will not be something that can treat diabetes? Of course not. It's going to be, it's going to work great for also yeah. treating diabetes, but should now people who 
are not diabetic who are trying to lose weight say, no diabetics, you can't have this medicine. It should be only restricted for people trying to lose weight. Yeah. No, of course. If all comers, if it works, then let's take care of the people, right? Right. Totally. Yeah. There's to be no discrimination. Take care of the people. If the person I was wondering that too, like when the whole Wagovi Olympic shortage was going on, but then there was like, you know, there before the Wagovi started again, it was like there were there was more Wagovi than Ozempic at some point. And I thought for our type two friends, why didn't someone offer them that? It's the same friggin' they medication. Did. They do. You know what I mean? Like, why not? Why wouldn't you give it to them? They do. You know, they did. And that's the point. Yeah. It's they're the same medicine. Semaglutide, semaglutide, right? That's the same. And so it's just like there's name brands of things and then there's a generic name. And so it's the same. And that's why on the flip side, people were using it the same. It's kind of like, of course, you know, using the um, opioids, understanding that heroin is the same thing. Heroin is the same as Oxycontin for the most part. So a lot of times people don't understand because they don't understand. And I do understand that that's what sometimes will make people talk really loud and aggressively about what they think. But a lot yeah. of times they don't understand the biochemistry of things or the pharmacology, then it just kind of makes it really more challenging for the people who are just trying to be taken care of. They just want help. Right. right. People just want help. People just want to get well. That's right. You know? They just exactly. want to watch their kids grow up, you know, and they just want to go traveling or hang out with their dogs or their cats and just have a rich, full life. And I think it's bullshit that we're not just giving them medicine because they're sick. Like, it's ridiculous oh, right. that we make it less complicated. Like, that's all it is. The people are sick. They get medicine. And it's, yeah. even, it's even worse than that. You know, the number one, of course, form of discrimination after, you know, race is gender. And then, of course, size. You know, yeah. weight discrimination is huge. And it's actually not even protected. Like, it's not a protected class. And so people are freely discriminated against for their weight. And I just, you know, true story. One of the reasons why I think I'm so empathetic to it is, um, you know, I grew up in a home where we were all kind of built differently. And I can tell you, I can tell you there was trauma with one of my siblings who has struggled with weight. And so there will be times when, you know, unfortunately, my parents didn't even realize that they were doing it. Um, making excuses for him. So I'm, I, I'm, if my sister ever sees this podcast, hopefully she will understand that's not my intention because this yeah. really did happen. My mom would sometimes say, you guys could have dessert, but you can't. Yeah. What is that? Can't have that same no, thing. Parents, yeah. People do that all the time. Or yes. now, or even in medicine, I would sometimes have patients whose parent, you know, like, a, you know, when I did family medicine, there was, or even just period of medical school and everything, we'd be mm-hmm. on a pediatric rotation and a parent would come in just talking about this kid who needs to just stop eating all this processed food and stop doing this and stop doing that. And I'm looking at this parent and I'm just like, okay, so your, your BMI is probably equivalent to that person, you know, your child's BMI, yeah. but it's yeah. interesting how in their head, oh, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm not as big or, or, you know, you'll hear somebody talk about their spouse or their sibling or their parent. And you're Mm -hmm. looking like you, how is this possible? But that happens so frequently that it's just become the norm. Someone would freely tell you, you look like you've gained weight and you're looking at them like, but you've always had a weight problem. Like what is happening here? Why do we feel so entitled to, to tell someone about how, what their, you know, their weight. And that's yeah. kind of medicine. So I always had an empathetic spirit. I've always been yeah. that way. And it's something that always bothered me. And so understanding that, if, especially if it's never been your journey, yeah. people don't understand how this is a game changer for a person who's been struggling, who has tried everything, Weight Watchers, Nutrisystem. They've tried to 
starve themselves, do liquid diets, run for 10 miles, a walk, you know, walk start yeah. at four o'clock in the morning and then eat nothing. They try mm-hmm. it fasting, high protein, yes. low protein, high carb, low carb. They've tried it all. And then it just comes back because it's way more complicated than willpower. Yeah. And so now you have this medicine that kind of equals the playing field. And mm-hmm. in the sense, and it turns off, like you said, that noise, those cravings, yeah. and then just yeah. understanding genetically, there are so many hormones, ghrelin, leptin, that control why we eat, why we don't, you know, why we gain weight, why we lose weight. And when that all that system all becomes defective, your insulin system, all those things, it is not just possible just to willpower your way out and through that. Yeah. Right. So yeah. true. Yeah. So true. I am. Most people don't know what they're talking about. And I just wish they would just use empathy as yeah. opposed to judgment. Lead with empathy. It's usually the best way to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it always works. Empathy <laughs> and kindness. Empathy. And like, kindness. what are you losing? What are you losing just to try to mm-hmm. empathize with somebody? You're not losing anything. Just take a deep breath, take a few minutes, try to take it in, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and you, you know, empathize and you just let it go. It's just like, okay, yeah. I, I have done what I need to do. And I think many people try to hold on to it. Like, you know, with downing, people for using GLP-1s off-label. They, you know, feel superior because there's something probably happening in their life. But I am no psychotherapist, so I don't (laughs) know. But that is just my humble opinion. But but Dr. Contessa, we recently had a panel discussion with some of our favorite doctors pertaining to the use of compounding. Yeah, medications. So we wanted to know what are your thoughts on compounding? And as a concierge, you know, doctor, do you, you believe it is safe? It's safest that you mix it for your patients in their homes? Well, I don't mix it. It comes already made. Um, but every pharmacy is a compounding pharmacy. It's just some of them are bigger than other ones, right? So that's kind of the idea. A pharmacy does compound things. They make it up. Sometimes you'll go to get your antibiotics and they'll tell you to come back in 30 minutes because they have to mix it up for you because it comes in a powder form and then they mix it. Um, so with that being said, when it comes to the, you know, the semaglutide and the trisepatide, what they've done, for instance, one of the compounding pharmacies that I use, it actually, they actually combine in like B12. Um, and so it basically helps to a lot of times people um, will talk, you know, talk about how they get tired. And so a lot of times just augment the semaglutide or the trisepatide with the B12. And so these already come with it or just understanding again, you know, working in the world that I live, I work in, I work with a lot of people who are, they're not actually trying to lose weight. They're about optimization. So bodybuilders, people are super healthy. And so they, Mm -hmm. They've been doing using peptides and using IVs and things like that for a long time. And so when you are working with these, you know, some of these newer things, AOD, they'll mix it in to the medicine. And so yeah. essentially make like a super compound that has a more um, bigger bang for your buck, so to speak. And so yeah. when it comes to the trade um, medicines, like the just it's just the straight medicine. It's just straight semaglutide. And the other mm-hmm. thing that they do is um just so first and foremost, let's just deep debunk this whole myth that we don't use compounding pharmacies. We've been if you go to any dermatologist, I promise you, they'll be they're probably going to send you stuff from compounding pharmacies because the yeah. data a lot of times doesn't necessarily match 
um, the FDA approval or understanding yeah. that we use, for instance, I was just, I did a TikTok about my hair, right? Now I had an edge, I was losing my edges. And so the over-the-counter dose of minoxidil is really low. And so what dermatologists have found is that not only using a higher dose of minoxidil and mixing it with some things like, you know, Retin-A and um, certain types of oils, they use the compounding pharmacies to essentially use the new data and today make that available to their patients. And so compounding pharmacies, you can't just go and open one. You can't just, yeah. you don't, the formula yeah. is out there. It's like, for instance, if I say I want to make banana pudding, right? And mm -hmm. I go on, Alexa, show me recipes. The recipe is out there. You know, is it, mm -hmm. is it, is it, this, is it good? I, I like, this is the one I like. I like yeah. the one with 12 already in it. And so that way I don't have to upcharge my patients. Um, yeah. We just can yeah. have already combined. They take one injection and they have it there. Or AOD has worked really well. AOD, um, and we just essentially, I can I found a compounding pharmacy that has it already mixed in, and people have been using yeah. that two or three years now. Some people, wow. So with so many different, um, and like I said, I I'm not. I think people should access what they can afford, and I do hope and pray that um, ultimately everything, pretty much, when it comes from to to, to a, from a preventive standpoint, is covered. Yeah. But some people have the luxury of having access to things immediately. And so they can, um, they can go to a compounding pharmacy and say, hey, I want to get I want to do, you know, an IV. Right. People get IVs that come from a compounding pharmacy. So mm -hmm. that's what I'm saying. It's just understanding that it's not taboo. It's actually something that's very common. And it's just when people don't understand stuff, a lot of times they fear it. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, like yeah. when we were first learning about the lyriglutide, we were learning that like that was 2012. This has been going on a minute. And then uh, Lisa, who was on our show a while ago, she was like, nobody cares. She works in pharma. She was like, nobody cared that I took it off label then because yeah. there wasn't all this going on. Like yeah. it's the hype, you know, it's mm -hmm. the shortages. It's the blaming, the blaming of the fat people for the shortages, like anything they can do mm -hmm. to like, you know, shirk responsibility, you know? Yeah, and sure. it's like all of the anger is just misplaced, you know, and all of the, all of the ignorance is just like, that's what we're trying to do here. Like with this podcast and we're small, but mighty, you know, I think we're making some changes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, when you look at clinical endocrinology guidelines and when it comes to treating diabetes, there's not one medicine that's on there. It's not like, Oh, the only treatment for diabetes is Manjaro. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It's, the yeah. only treatment is Ozempic. We yeah. is one of the treatments, but yeah. it's not the only one. So if you can't get that, it doesn't mean that you can't use something else. And when it comes to, we're not talking about life or death situation. Like yeah. if you are an insulin dependent diabetes, a diabetic, you need insulin to live. You don't exactly. need Olympic to live. You don't need Majoral yeah. to live. So to say like you're more deserving of it or yeah. you have to have it, you didn't have to have it five years ago because it wasn't available to you. So, yeah. right. and we always, we always talk about the most important thing is lifestyle modifications still, yeah. period. So yeah. this, these medicines are an adjunct to lifestyle modifications, but they're not, yes. the, they're not ever going to be the replacement for, um, yeah. and that's what we're saying. So I don't, I don't think anyone, and you can still, you can use Lyraglutide. It works really, really well. Dulutide yeah. works great, but yeah. you don't want to give yourself a daily injection. You want the once a week, just like right. the other people who don't have diabetes, who are pre-diabetic or obese want yeah. once a week. That's way easier to take. There are other FDA approved medicines out there for weight loss, but you don't want to do that. You want to do this right. one just like you don't want to take metformin every day, twice a day. Yeah. So right. not that it doesn't necessarily work for some people. It doesn't. But for other people, it's just they know that which is true. These medicines do work 
much better. Yeah, um, for sure. Easier to use. And when we, when it comes to compliance, the compliance is way higher. So our outcomes are better. So that's fair. And we want that. But don't don't think that there's one choice. You can yeah. definitely change your lifestyle and that will definitely also improve your your outcomes as well. Yeah. Without- I mean, this is the this yeah. is the longest I've ever done anything successfully. And I, I feel like I live a completely different life. And it's not just I also think like the mindfulness of my food is is incredible. Like um just being able to like breathe and go, do I really want that? Mm, no, I really don't. And not be ruled by that. And then also to sit with that, like, okay, like, what does that mean? And how do I feel? Like, I remember when my like emotional connection to food was like severed, like a cord and like, I didn't know what to do with myself, but that moment was really beautiful for me, you know, because I was like, do I need that? Am I enough? And the answer was, I was enough. Absolutely. Was. And, yeah. And, oh, yeah. Forever. And you're entitled to that feeling forever. For, yeah. and, and you should not have to feel guilty for it. Yeah. I don't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Clearly no. talking about it on the internets. <laughs> yes, for sure. She'll make, she will make a TikTok and, and we, you know, are constantly in communication and I'm just like, Kim, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of Kat. I'm so proud of the community because I think it's been so many years of having to explain yourself and to justify things and you just don't. And I know for me, and I'm not sure if you've heard of this Dr. Contessa, but, and Kim, and this is just something off of our, you know, conversation of, I've noticed that I'm processing emotions better on these medications, that my mental health is better. And I'm not sure if, you know, you've heard that too. And Kim and I have even said that, we don't know what all is in this, but it helps your mental health. Yeah. But then for some, it's the complete opposite and they feel depressed. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, you know, when it comes to side effects, I mean, of course, the major ones are going to always be the GI side effects. When, and of course, the fear that we have is of pancreatitis because it upregulates, um, you know, insulin from, and so we're basically on your pancreas. And yeah. so understanding that, you know, these hormones that are being affected control so many other parts more than just our weight. And some people I've even heard, you know, when it comes to insulin resistance is type three diabetes, um, that Alzheimer's is type three diabetes. And so understanding that elevated blood sugar, elevated blood insulin can affect your mentation, um, your cognitive um, clarity. That's true. And in the effects that sometimes even with antidepressants, sometimes when people are on antidepressants, it actually can, you know, we talk about the risk of suicide, right? And right. how mm-hmm. think that yeah. being more depressed can make you more prone, but you never know what something is going to do. But we also do know that one of the major comorbidities of obesity is depression. And so this shouldn't be a reason for someone to not take it. So it's so interesting that people will be inundated with the small percentages of people with um, side effects when they don't think about the millions and now at this point, hundreds of millions of people that are taking these medicines that are doing great. Of course, side effects are the norm for anything. There's a risk of you driving your car, but you still drive, you still get in the car every day, you know, right. there's a risk of you turning on your stove, you know, and there could be a gas leak. So you always, you have to live with some level of risk, but it can't paralyze you from making progress forward. 
Say goodbye to restrictive weight loss methods and hello to iVeeam, the number one prescriber of GLP-1 medications. GLP-1s curb cravings, stabilize blood sugar, increase energy, and balance A1C levels to regulate your body and kickstart your weight loss journey. iVeeam is committed to making medical weight loss accessible, affordable, and customized because we believe that's how it should be. Sign up for free and get 20% off our accessibility programs. It's time to take control of the food noise, shed those cravings, and embrace a life of transformed health and bold, empowering you with the knowledge and support you need to achieve the lasting results you deserve. Are you ready to experience the end bold difference? Evidence-based care from doctors who listen. That's where Embold came in to, uh, once I lost the weight and felt empowered, I. I understood what was possible at that point, and uh, from then on, it was just an instant passion of like, okay, my sole purpose in life at this point is to figure out how do I help other people do the same thing. Take control of your biology today and start your journey toward a healthier, happier you. Visit Enbold.com to embark on your transformational journey with Enbold. Enbold, where real change begins. We have um we have lives a lot on TikTok and one of I swear at least at least five times in a live I will get I've got the medicine in my refrigerator I'm too scared to take it <clears throat> and yes. so I always respond with listen like I get it like it's new and it's scary um but that's your emotional reaction like that's your sort of visceral biological trying to protect you you know but if you've made this decision with your doctor and hopefully a doctor like you right where you've thought about things holistically and you've really based it on logic you know and data and facts like lean into that before you lean into your emotions because that's what's going to support your decision and your ability to stick with it and feel okay with it you know because it's i think it's okay and it's a normal to feel that way it's just about if you let it rule you then i mean what if it changes your life and you miss the opportunity you know? what, and yeah, look, and what if it changes your life? What if it changes? What your if? Life? What if this was the answer that you've been waiting for? Yeah, exactly. It totally is. We've <laughs> yeah. been waiting all this time to try. Time. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Look, thank you for affording me that because I just and and Kim is right. It, we we do lives at least five times. You have the medication. And I always say, do you realize the great position you're in? Do you know how many people would yeah. love this medication? Sit in my way. Fridge? I can give it yeah, to right. right now. <laughs> exactly. You can give it all to me. Don't like you it. can just bring it this way. <laughs> yeah. You know, I even I I um and I just have to be honest, you know, I have absorbed the cost for people before. Yeah. Um because yeah. I I you know, I'll have a a friend or, you know, a colleague or something who basically would not try it because they were afraid. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, but you are literally, your, your BMI is so high that you are such a risk of so many poor outcomes. Like, just please like do it on me. Like this, like this first month is on me. And this is before, um, this is just when I just read about it. And I'm telling you, it's just been, and then after that, it was just, oh, uh, you know, I, I, they just won't inject themselves. And that's another reason why we even have the ability. And I like it anyway. I think, you know, when you look at the data, the people who are actually not just taking the medicine, just grabbing it from their fridge, they're in a, right. you know, a actual 
um, structured weight loss program with like behavioral interventions. And, you know, we, we talk about so many different things. We check in every week. We actually weigh them. We talk about the challenges and, you know, the, you know, making sure you're journaling and learning and becoming a student of you because yeah. still what we've learned in life is that you could go to a restaurant and you could eat this and then she could eat the same thing, but you know, your body's going to respond yeah. to it. Different. And so, totally. yeah. Yeah. So you have to become a student of you. It's so imperative to know, like, cause ultimately you do have to decide, like, is this going to be something that you're going to be on for a lifetime? Because for some people right. it is the answer for some people it is unequivocally. Yes. Yeah. So the answer to that question is not true for everybody. For some people, they yeah. will have, you'll talk to them and they'll say, last year, my mother died and I gained yeah. 75 pounds since then. Yeah. Or mm-hmm. I people went through a divorce or something happened. There was a stressor. There was a medical issue. Um, yeah. And that was yeah. the thing. But for other people, this has been a struggle for them forever. And again, yeah. we don't know genetically what other people. is. And so now... <laughs> right. Now we have an answer and we have at least something in your armamentarium to help you combat this journey that you've been on and walking arm in arm or arm in needle with something. (laughs) I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. There's a cap. You, you, if you fall, it'll be fine. You know, on the needle. It's cool. (laughs) I love it. It's like running with scissors. It's fine. You know, you know, the rest pop it on. Just exactly. like, just like snap it on, just snap yeah. it on. But yeah, we Dr. have had people on our show too before that have said, you know, I just like you said, like, hey, I started this because there was this really big thing in my life, or maybe I bounced around, like I was saying earlier, fifteen mm-hmm. pounds. Like I thought I had this major weight problem, but it was 15, 20 pounds. And then the one yeah. thing, right. The thing that changed all the things like the mom dying, for example. And then after that, it was just like, okay, 75 pounds is here. And then they're playing with that the rest of their life, trying to get it on and get it off. And yeah. get it on, get it off. But what if they had done it sooner? Like it goes back to the whole idea of the preventative medicine, you know, like if we, if we have the science to do this, why the fuck are we doing it? Like, it's just, like we should be doing it way more, you know? And I, I always ask one question. I, I say, is this the biggest you've ever been? Is this the most you've yeah. ever weighed? And if they say yes, absolutely, no question. Because what will happen yeah. is when you come back in six months, you'll probably be even bigger if you do nothing totally. to stop yeah. that trajectory. Yeah. And so That's for a true. lot of people, there, if you but if you've lost fifty pounds or hundred pounds, keep doing it, keep going. You already you're on the path. Or but for some people, they just keep delaying and keep you know kind of being in denial that they have kind of reached this path. Um, yeah and they're on the path and they're not moving in the right direction. And so they just keep ignoring and then they look up and they get on the scale again and they're five pounds heavier. And then they six months goes by and then they're 30 pounds heavier. And they just keep thinking doing nothing and ignoring it will make it go away. But it's just like that bad boyfriend that doesn't happen. Ignoring Mm -hmm. him just makes him think that you like him. You play hard. Yeah. 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 You know, you you know, that. Half the time you don't. You gotta block it. Okay. You gotta block it. <laughs> That's the latest number. <laughs> block it. You didn't. You, you change your address. It don't. She don't live here no more. No longer welcome. You're not. You're not accessible to her. Not, you <laughs> muted. You've already muted. You blocked. You become invisible. I'm gone. Yeah. Look. Love it. Love Jesus. it. You get filtered out. You going right to the spam. No. You don't. No more. That's what has yes. to happen. If not, you're just ignoring it. You're going to be pulling right back into the 
you know, to that to those Twinkies and Ho-Hos and all that stuff. But sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes it's I mean, the Ho-Hos. Sometimes it's just not sleeping. Sometimes it's just as complicated as I don't sleep and I'm stressed out. And then I drink a lot of soda or I do do things that are empty calories. And then I don't drink any water. And then I'm stressed out because I'm with someone who makes me feel bad all the time. And so those cortisol levels are super high, which makes me. And so it's so complicated. But so it's It's not one answer for everybody. But what we know is medicines actually do help all of this. And you yeah, still, in order, it's all connected, but it's not mm-hmm. that you will. So there's like a mistake that I think people will sometimes think like, this is a magic shot. It's not yeah. that when you look at, you know, if you watch the com- commercials, they won't say you lost people lose a hundred pounds on these medicines. Yeah. They'll talk about how you've lost some weight, but the reason that there's such a diversity is because for some people, they're only going to take the dose that makes sense for their diabetes, right? They're right. not tracking the weight loss. And mm-hmm. so Stay oh, as dose that their doctor is saying, hey, this is the only dose that you need because of the um, we're tracking your A1C and your A1C is great. Yeah. But they just don't and they won't have access past that point because their doctor said you don't need anything higher. But for yeah. other people, they're tracking the weight. And so once they've hit a plateau, their doctor will improve or increase the medicine. Um, and then they'll switch them if they don't respond to one, they'll switch them to another one. Um, or, you know, they'll work with them to figure out what the thing is, or they'll add on. Sometimes you, you sometimes you even need to add on some other things. Um, if we're looking yeah. at liver disease, we may need to do some more aggressive things as well. But yeah. it's not just um, so we, I don't want to give people the misunderstanding that everyone is just saying you, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to make any mm-hmm. lifestyle changes. You mm-hmm. absolutely have to. But what yeah. is the difference with these medicines is in the past, you cut out all these things. You made these lifestyle changes. You worked out. You did 150 minutes of aerobic exercise. And then you hired a trainer and you did eat all the right stuff. But your body, the scale didn't really move. Or if it did move, once you it took right the off, it came right back. You rebounded. Mm-hmm. That's why. Yeah. The and then you're like, why am I doing this? Why, why am I, I torturing myself? Yeah. Why am I white knuckling? Why am I miserable? Like, screw this. If I'm never going to lose it, later, I might as well just quit. And then in six months, I do it again. You do it again. Yeah, it's a terrible cycle yeah. of non-success. And, and you yeah. just get repeat used- offender at Weight Watchers for sure. Well, you get used to losing. <laughs> yeah. And so you stop trying. And this now allows you mm-hmm. to make lifestyle changes. And then in yeah. tandem with that, you have something to help augment those. And then you have a little win. Yep. And that propels you to continue to make those lifestyle changes. Yeah. But I can tell you, I did a fitness competition. And I will tell you what people did not see was for months, I gave up my favorite things. And I know it may sound like an alcoholic when I say this, but I gave up my Prosecco. I did, <laughs> bears, I did all this stuff. I would go out with my friends. I would go out with my kids and I wouldn't do any yeah. of them. I would work out. I'd get up and pop, crack a dime. It would, be, it would not be dark when I left. It would be dark when yeah. I came back home from the gym. That's how early yeah. it was. And my, my scale, I would get on the scale and sometimes it would even be more. It would be yeah. Mm. I got to a point where I was, if I hadn't paid the money and like made that yeah. commitment, I would, yeah. I would have quit because my body was, I was perimenopausal. I had to literally almost do like the biggest loser and restrict my calories to like so low, which is yeah. why people will tell you that sometimes these fitness competitions are great for helping you reset and just teaching your, you that you're stronger than you think you are because yeah. it's a mind body thing. But it was not healthy. It was definitely yeah. not a healthy way that I did that. And so then what happened is I, I actually think I became a little body dys- dysmorphic afterwards. Yeah. Because I was so nervous about 
going back to eating anything because yeah. I thought I was going to just gain all the weight back. And so I yeah. didn't move in the other direction for a while. And so yeah. I had to figure out some way to stop like with this fear of food, you know, mm-hmm. it became the opposite. It wasn't a healthy relationship. It was food will make me fat. Food will yeah. make you big again. It will. And, yeah. I, and I just, and so in my head, I just didn't know how to reconcile that because it was only two extremes yeah. that I had done. Um, and for me, I, you know, I've always been like a thick girl, you know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, I always, I was always of my friends. I was kind of tall, but I was never, ever slim. I, I, then yeah. I oscillate. I did the Miss Missouri pageant. And guess what I did? I ate nothing for as long yeah. as it took me to get to the pageant, to get on that stage. I had a half a cup of cereal for breakfast. I can tell you, because I did it every single day. Half a cup of cereal for breakfast. I then ate um, some salmon croquette because I was poor. I was in medical school. Um, I ate some mm-hmm. canned croquette mm-hmm. um, for dinner. That's it. Yeah. Not any, nothing else. Not, no sides or anything. Wow. Um, the little small cans. And for lunch, I had a salad. And then I would work out in the morning and I work out in the evening. And then if I got hungry, I would eat some some popcorn. That was what I ate for and drink Mm -hmm. water. That's what I did for at least two months and worked out twice a day, starved myself, essentially. And I got really small, but I still got to that pageant and I was bigger than those girls. Jeez. Yeah. I know. I know. And so that's what I'm it's saying. It's almost like nobody's the same. It's almost well, like there's no one size fits all. It's like, well, yeah. well, well I'm saying though, is yeah. we have to combat this whole, yeah. this adversarial anti food, you know, thing yeah. that we teach people who are not physically the way that we think they should be because you just yeah. tell mm-hmm. them that your, your problem is you eat too much. And then right. people then say, right. okay, well, then I won't eat. Um, yeah. But, not healthy. So we don't talk about the benefits of the certain types of foods. And that's mm-hmm. what we should be doing in tandem with yeah. the medication, teaching people why you need to eat spinach, why you need to eat kale, why you need totally. to eat lean, you know, lean meats and avoid yeah. certain foods and, you know, that are pro-inflammatory. Yeah. And that's what we don't necessarily mm-hmm. do. We just tell people yeah. just diet and exercise. What does that even mean? Right. What does that mean? You know, it's like, means don't eat. Means nothing. Starve yourself. Yeah. Starve yourself. If you really want to be successful, don't eat anything. So yeah. I, yeah, exactly. Right. I, like, <laughs> I don't, I don't do that. And that's what I'm saying about when, why I opened my clinic and why I do it mm-hmm. the way I do it, because I personally have been, um, and even again, going back to my mom, I'm five foot eight. My mom was five foot, even a hundred pounds dripping wet. And she would yeah. always ask me, why are you so big? Like, you're just so big. Oh, because wow. I would tower, I towered her. Yeah. I was a full head ahead of, you know, taller than her because I was built like my father and she didn't mean it like, you know, in a bad way, but she, you know, she just said that she she was, she's, her feet were a size seven. I'm way bigger than a size seven. Yeah. I was just physically bigger than her. And so I would hear that and I would always have this like belief that I'm big. And so if you do that to people and then you give them no tools to reverse that, or you do that to your children, or you do that to your peers, or you do that to your, you know, spouse, or you do that to your, you know, parents or friends. It just becomes this disordered pattern that, unless you learn to be um, use positive words and yeah. more, yeah. you know, it sounds crazy, but it's so important. The words, the words are so important. You know, I have, um, we were talking the words about our kids and and learning and I don't feel like, so my mom, I'm a group very, very poor. And, um, and so we were taught not to waste like, and to be very thankful for every morsel, um, which is not a bad lesson, but when you genetically are predisposed to obesity, then, you know, it could be a thing. Um, and, 
I think that I just try to think about how can I communicate nutrition to my son now that I'm learning these things. So another behavior change, right, is how I mother around the subject. And it's difficult because, and I've talked about it on the show before, but my son is on the spectrum. Uh, my husband is too. And um, it's a whole different conversation around nutrition with a kid like that. And who would rather have like McDonald's hamburgers without the buns and French fries and, you know, and like that kind of stuff. And so I was just riding with him one day and trying to figure out how to do it. And I was thinking about that, about the words. And I just mm -hmm. was driving by a gas station. And I was like, hey, buddy, I want to talk with you a little bit about nutrients. And he was like, okay. And I said, you see over there where there's a gas station? Like they, he's so awesome. He's 10. Um, he, we're saying, I was like over there, you see, they got premium fuel and they've got regular food and they got souped up fuel and all these different kinds of fuel, but it really is just based on your car, but they can all get you where you're going. And I was like at McDonald's, it's like low grade fuel, but we can still have some, it's going to get us where we're going, but we can't have that be all the time. And then I was like, and you always want to focus on eating your protein first. You know, mama talks about proteins. Like, yeah, I eat my hamburgers first. So they fill me up. I'm like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know, and afterwards he was like, mama, that was really good. You should make a TikTok about it. And I was like, I will, you know, but it's funny though, because I'm like, I hope that that's a moment where I didn't screw it up, you know, because it's very hard, especially with kids um, that are on the spectrum, especially if they have like texture things with food, um, which he does. He struggles quite a bit in that area. But, you know, I just talked to him about like, hey, like mommy makes you turkey taco at home. And, like those are really good nutrients. That's the premium fuel, you know, like, you mm -hmm. know, that kind of thing. And he's like, yeah, like, that makes sense. I'm just like, God, I hope. Like, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I hope he doesn't say, mom, I don't want you to, I don't want to be a podcaster or a marketer because you're gone all the time. <laughs> so we'll see. You two have fingers crossed. Look, you might as well say hi. Look at this one. Hi. So you can't, hey. you can't have one minute. I can't have one minute. <laughs> well, I was, so you said it splendidly. And actually, I would tell my patients, the worst thing you can tell your children is to finish their food. Because yeah. we over, we our servings are way too big anyway. Way too big. You have, and yeah. what you do is, even you, we learn to override mm -hmm. that natural satiety that we feel right yes. um, that we are when we're full our bodies naturally say that's enough but yeah. if we have too much volume on our plate then we sometimes you know we're talking about gearlin and leptin again you know yeah. our body naturally you know starts saying I'm, i need to finish it I, I i'm still not i'm still it's more there so i must not be full um but we naturally have learned to we do that and yeah. I have to argue with sometimes family members and stuff like that because they're just like, just let those kids waste stuff. I, I do. And yeah. they definitely don't look like they missed a meal, um, yeah. nor do I, but I had to learn the hard way. Yeah. 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 The hard way. We try to make it a little easier for our kids, I think, uh, you know, but it's all hard. <laughs> That's <good. laughs> you know, we just yeah. give them less. If, they, if yeah. they have too much food left on their plate, you give them too much. Yeah, that's true. Mm. I mean, like, and he, he will stop. And like, I have said to him before with the stopping thing where he's been, you know, he's boy growing through gross birth and stuff. He's been like, mama, I am just, I really would like some more food. And he hasn't really even started what he's eaten. And so I've just said to him like, Hey, did you know that your brain and your tummy need time to talk to each other? So you got to give it some time. But if you wait 15 minutes and you are still hungry, you can have more. But until then I want you to wait. And he's like, all right. And then he does it because I didn't have that. I didn't know those things, you know, and my mom didn't really cook because honestly to her rice and tomatoes, you know, with some Lowry seasoning was like a delicacy, uh, you know, a, a tomato sandwich was a delicacy to her. She was lucky. She said that, you know, a lot of the times they didn't have tomatoes and they just had mayonnaise sandwiches. So just things like that. And, mm -hmm. and growing up, she really didn't know how to cook. And we ate like Chef Boyardee and, and things yeah, like oh, that. Yeah. So oh, I thought that mm -hmm. was okay. You know, oh, and we have a lot you know, yeah, we yeah. Oh, yeah. fried bologna. Listen, <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> saying. Yeah, yeah. Or if you didn't want that, you would get what's called air pudding. You gonna eat yeah. it? You, you, yes. you don't know we're quite like you know how you ask your kids, "What would you like for dinner?" Please, whatever you getting what we cooking. What's on the menu? Yeah. Exactly. You, know, yeah. you getting air pudding, which means nothing. Yeah, hubby comes from like a, a big family, and he's from uh, Missouri. Um, yes. He's from Columbia, and uh, he. He says, like, you don't understand, like, he, you would rush when there was food because you, were you weren't going to get any because he was a family of eight. He's like, you had to go. And whatever it was is what it was. And you were happy to do that, you know, because like, and, and, and but, you know, he didn't have had any weight problems until his like 30s, you know, it's crazy. He's a string bean. Oh, my kids like that, too. And I hope good things. Maybe with the gas pump talk, he'll, you know, <laughs> turn out. OK, we'll see. <laughs> well, and then, too, just we do That's have a good analogy, though. There are environmental aspects of this too and then yeah. you know that's why they're food scientists because food exactly. is addictive it's not a question it's yeah. fact right so there's a reason why someone's job is to make you want and desire and crave certain foods the commercials yeah. the candy commercials are very clear they tell you it's built in yeah. so the same mm -hmm. way you know it turns yeah. in there's and there's a way to actually eat a lot and still be starving because your body is getting nothing you know, from a nutritional standpoint, I yeah. tell people all the time, there's a reason why you can eat again, a whole big old bowl or big old bag of gummy bears, but yeah. you can't eat a big old bowl or big old bag of raw broccoli. You can't, yeah. you can't do it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. there's, cause there is something, there's all these other things that you're getting the fiber and yeah. the nutrients and your body says, okay, I got what I needed here, but you can mm -hmm. really eat, sh drink sugar and feel like you're getting nothing. You're not getting. Yeah. Anything. So true. Mm -hmm. So yeah. just yeah. understanding that too. So there's, you know, it's, it's more complex. That's what I'm saying is it's, it's more so complicated. to tell someone it's, you just don't have the willpower and it's yeah. just uninformed at this point. We know the data yeah. is so clear. Yeah. Legitimately. Yeah. I, I have so much willpower. I just didn't know it. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Like I remember my whole life because of the constant failing every six months or so, you know, just being like, I must just be a lazy piece of crap. But I'm telling you the mm -hmm. minute this stuff was out of my brain, I, I I'm awesome. Yeah. Was well, I'm awesome. It actually yeah. neuro, like there's neuroplasticity that's happening. There's new wires that have occurred in your brain so that true. are to support you through this. It's so true. Like the connections that I can make now, like, mm -hmm. and the, the aha moments that I've had, like, do I want that? I see that. I love a hot, I'm off to have my girl's day. Am I, you know, by myself and, you know, and you know, whatever it is. And, oh, I really would love a hot dog. Cause I love hot dogs, you know, cause I told you where I come from. Mm -hmm. Right. So mm -hmm. I was like that. And then I'm like, mm, I don't really want to. And then I was like, holy crap, what just happened? And what happened was, is that I recognized I was associating the memory of the way that that felt when I ate that, not that I actually wanted it. The fact that I could even make those connections was amazing. I have never, no matter how many times someone told me to do that, I could never yeah. make it myself, but now I can. It's incredible. Rest of my life. <laughs> Sorry. For, it's so no. nice to talk to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we had another question and I'm so glad. Yeah, go ahead, JT. Went. Sorry. You know, I run off. <laughs> no, 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 no. I think that I started it, but it's just so yeah, easy it was your to fault. talk like to that. you, Dr. Oh. Contessa, you know, but this is non-GLP related. Yeah. So, you know, what is the sort of schedule commitment that you have when practicing medicine and filming a reality, you know, TV show oh, yeah. as well? Yeah. It had to be quite hectic. Well, it's, some, it's only, we only, you know, film for like three or four months a, a year, not very much. Yeah. But it's okay. just, it is, and then you have pickups and like, you know, um, confessionals and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. But you are able to essentially, you know, tell them like, hey, 
um, I have to work or, you know, and so it's not like they just like ambush you or something like that. You know, it's kind of, yeah, okay. you know, what's coming. And so it can be, um, it could just, it's just another job, you know, it's like another commitment. And yeah, as a, yeah. you know, like when you look at your life, you know, how many more hours a day do you have? So yeah, it was yeah. just trying to balance and challenge, you know, to balance all of that. And then doing, I think the hardest thing, believe it or not, for me was trying to schedule in the glam. Like, cause yeah. I mean, this mm-hmm. is me just, you know, this is me going to work. Like this is, I yeah. know, ponytail, <laughs> Fabulous. you know, and just no makeup. So, but I would never like, normally it's kind of refreshing to not have to do like the lashes and the hair and, you know, yeah. the hair and the wigs yeah. and stuff like that. I literally did not enjoy that, but people will eat you up if you don't come with, yeah. the, you know, the wigs and the, you know, lashes and everything. Yeah. They want the drama. Out, like <laughs> yeah. That. Yeah. So that yeah. was challenging because you think people want to sure. see you kind of regular and natural, but yeah, don't. not so much. Well, we do here, so it's cool. I, have not <laughs> I probably should have did a red lip though. I could have done it. <laughs> you know, like, you know, I, I just, love it. Vaseline's the best thing for your lips. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I could have. I could have did. I could have done a little lip. I'm not good at makeup. <laughs> I could have done that. That's the least I could have done that. For I you. think it looks lovely, natural and lovely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Nice. Looks fantastic. Like, this is, you know, people always say, oh, you look so much younger without makeup. I'm like, and it's so funny because I felt like I just felt like you just feel like yeah. naked, you know. Yeah. I, I just no. made because so I remember true. the first season that I did the show, I remember I just did like some, you know, like some clip-ins, right, with my mm-hmm. natural hair. And I just kind of didn't really do makeup. I'm just like a little bit, just but nothing like dramatic. I just was like, yeah. I just feel like a natural, nothing too much. And people yeah. are like, oh, my God, you need a wig. Your hair is so thin. You need to do this and that. I was like, oh, I thought I was pretty. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay, that didn't <laughs> something else. And it was like, woo, I used to think I was a pretty girl, you know? Yeah. But they, yeah. They Not in that world, I guess. Yeah. They want to see, they want to see, they want to see the, they want to, you thing. know, di- which is true. I like Dynasty Falcon yeah. Press. You want to see. Sure. The Ooh, want- I used to watch it with my mama. Falcon's Crest. Both of yes. them. That yeah. was a good one. Love yeah. Love yeah, so that I was, was gone too okay. soon. If I got to give you a little, a little Diana Carroll, I can do that occasionally. I mean, she, okay. <laughs> Wonderful. I love it. Hey, I mean, it's okay. Doctor. You got to get into character sometimes. I get it. Yeah. Yes, for sure. Yes. You don't want to see me looking like I go, went to work today. <laughs> Even though <I'm>, you know. <laughs> I totally understand. So well, well I, well, I don't see how that can happen. You have hot doc on your, as your t-shirt. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's well, that's actually that's my alter ego. And the reason being is because I'm very, believe it or not, I'm pretty like you see, I'm pretty, you know, yeah, squared away. I'm, I'm a data nerd. And so, yeah. <laughs> um, and but you know, I would, I remember one of the reasons why I even did that fitness competition too is I was very like I grew up apostolic, right? Really, mm. I didn't even wear two piece, like I always wore a one piece swimming suit. Yeah. And, I, once yeah. I started having kids, especially like I had this really staunch belief about a, a doctor and being a woman. And, and I just remember like feeling always like someone, like there was this oppression of what womanhood looks like. And especially a woman of a certain age, you know, cause I'm yeah. actually, I'm believe, believe it or not, I'm pushing 50. I'm almost 50. Um, yeah. Yeah. I believe that. Uh, thank you. <laughs> tell you, it's just we don't believe it. Living well, I, you know. But um, but one of the things that I would say that became challenging for me was I felt like 
But sometimes I want to wear a swimsuit. Sometimes I want to cuss and drink a little bit. Sometimes yeah. I want to let my hair down when I hang out with my friends and go on vacation. And mm-hmm. I felt this like, you know, this oppression about what being just because I went to a certain school and just because I have all these degrees and I have yeah. children and I do believe in I believe in Jesus. But it doesn't mean I can't have a little Prosecco, you know, no. or just drank wine. but you know you started feeling like that and so I actually wanted to create almost like it's like a it's a like say a movement for people but it was really a movement for me um to free myself from all these mores and you know beliefs about what I can and can't do and what I'm supposed to do yeah yeah I mean it's of no comparison but I've been doing that a lot with like fashion lately like um what can I wear and I I was very much stuck in like I don't want to look older than I am, but I don't want to be younger than I am. Why? You know, or I Mm -hmm. still have a lot of work to do on my body and my tummy, but so I shouldn't wear crop tops. Why? (laughs) Like if I think I look cute in it and I feel fashionable, then like why? And I think you start to kind of question all those things when you're really examining at a certain age, what is my body and what is my life and what do I want Mm -hmm. it to be? What do I think about myself and all those things, which I feel like really until I took these medicines, like I, I couldn't, I, I just didn't, I was just sort of stuck. You know, it's like immovable, you know, and you kind of realize, too, at some point, it's billions of people in the world. Girl, ain't yeah. nobody checking for you. Don't nobody care. Like, do what you want to do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. that's what you can. I remember being on the beach, and I was yeah. super worried about, like, what I was wearing. And I'm walking around, yeah. and I'm looking at all these, like, elderly people when literally they penises out like yeah Kat said that too when she just went to France she was like legitimately nobody gives a crap they all naked and hanging out everything hairy and dangling and I was just like so this is how we do it okay yeah and it's like I I I just felt like honestly no one's paying it like just to be clear no one cares like stop thinking that everyone is paying attention and like looking at you do whatever you you, do you just literally do you yeah and yeah. that is so free. Like, it's so freeing. Um, but I did. I, was, I think yeah. growing up, like, really, you know, like, in that kind of evangelistic, you know, evangelical yeah. Christian household, mm-hmm. you do feel like you're misrepresenting your family and Jesus yes. is watching and you've got to, you know, my mom didn't even wear pants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I get that. So, yeah. Oh, you couldn't wear pants. No, she didn't. Yeah, no. She just decided not. She didn't. She stopped when she really, really got into, you know, the word. She was yeah, not, yeah. She not wearing pants. I don't remember oh. exactly when it was, but I know when I was uh, not, definitely when I was in high school, she didn't wear pants. So yeah, yeah. I think about that. I had a mom who didn't even wear pants. So, yeah. um, mm-hmm. so let alone, and she, I rem- but I see pictures of her when she was like in high school and well, my yeah. mom was a young mom. She had me at 18. Yeah. So wow. we kind of grew up together. She was all, so she was a young person anyway. Mm-hmm. But is even as a young person, that's what I'm saying. In her 30s and 40s, she didn't wear yeah. pants. So yeah. Um, so with that being said, growing up, I had to learn about being free. And I think yeah. sometimes, though, when it comes to weight in particular, people will restrict what you are supposed to wear, and you just like, yeah, it don't matter about my weight. That just don't look good. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> yeah, totally. At least I have fashion sense. Like, what? You yeah, doing? right. What about you? And, and you yeah. have such patterns over there. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Look, leave yeah. me alone. I look good, and I'm killing it. So don't. Yeah, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. You just got to just live your best life and do you. And yeah. Um. And the more and more I think that we do stop worrying about what other people are doing and stop controlling and trying to control other people's decisions and choices and access. Mm-hmm the more I think this world will be actually a better and more inviting and inclusive and empathetic place. Yeah, I agree. I think so too. I think I so agree. too. 
And it's certainly hard to find that on the internet because people are a lot braver on the keyboards than they are in person. So exactly. you, know, you always get it. Like we, mm-hmm. we, we get it. And I just delete them. I just delete them a block. I don't care anymore. I don't care delete anymore. Block. <laughs> like, I'm like, whatever. Like you, you cannot add value to this conversation if you're just going to be cruel. Right. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> and not even yeah. that. Like I just, I just think about like, for instance, you know, not going to say any names of a certain, yeah. you know, really racist president that we had. Yeah. I never <laughs> sure. once... Felt like I needed to go on his Instagram page and tell him how much I hate him. So it's yeah. just, I just, yeah. you know, don't mess with him. I just ignore him. I don't yeah. go to, I mean, I didn't seek him out to tell him how much I right. don't care. And so it's just when people do that, you just already just want to pray for him because you're just like, yeah, you have anything else to do today? I'm gonna pray like, for you. Yeah. You literally <laughs> yeah. have to look me up and find my DM and then send me a message about like, right. oh, I should have put some right. on. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, you need Botox. You know, you think that's like, I do? Your toe yeah, looks like, what's wrong with your second toe? One's longer than that. I'm like, what is this? I didn't right even here, know. Right you have to do it in a picture. But that is, yeah. the, but that's what I'm, but if you look at the same thing with your, you deciding whether or not, you know, someone yeah. thinks you should be on this medicine, why are you zooming in on my picture? Why are you worrying right. about what medicine is in my refrigerator? Let yeah, me do totally. me. And if it's helping me and I'm not hurting anyone and oh, by the way, I'm having health benefits for it. Then yeah. why are you so concerned about what I'm doing? And if you're Correct. just patient, you will see that this medicine will be FDA approved for weight loss too. And we're talking mm-hmm. about BMI 25 and above. And I would be hard pressed to believe that people. And so what's, and then that's the other question. Say, okay. So we're talking about overweight. Yeah. Oh, so you have to be, only if your BMI is over 40 or 35 and should you get it or 30 with the comorbidity. Yeah. Oh, we um, always get that all the time. But what if you haven't been to a doctor and so you don't even know, you know, we yeah. haven't done a path. You probably, you may have CAD. Once yeah, exactly. Health. It's health. It's all about health. Yeah. yeah. It's it so, totally it's is. so, it's so, it's a lot. And so mm-hmm. I do, I actually am all about more access. I'm ha- happy that they're starting to open up some more, um, some places that are making it in other places. Mm-hmm. But I do understand too, that unfortunately what people are also missing, that this is a for-profit company. These companies, yeah. this is, they're not, they're going to try to make their, it costs mm-hmm. a lot of money in our research and development to make medications. And yeah. so another, just a little side, just a little side, I do, um, I've, you know, also have worked in pharma and pharmacal vigilance and work for pharmaceutical companies. Um, and so there's a lot of money that takes, it takes for a drug to come to market. Yeah. They're in the hole, sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars before a medicine right, sure. comes to be approved. So to get that money back, that's why they want to keep medicines outside of the, the compounding pharmacies. They want to keep that patent in sure. place as long as they possibly can. And they want to generate the revenue because they did spend a lot of money to get it sure. to your your bathroom or your you know refrigerator and right. to your bathroom wherever it is that you inject, um, so it didn't just come out from nowhere and it didn't it's not free for them. So I yeah. get, that. but then the question does become how can you make it more affordable for everyone because now we know this is a really beneficial medication. Right. Um, yeah. So yeah. how do we do that? And with the insurance companies also understanding that's not an altruistic business either. Yeah. They're for profit. They're not about um, you know, doing what's best necessarily for you because they fully know that there are, again, are a litany of other medicines that work perfectly fine to treat diabetes. And oh, by the way, ultimately, if you needed insulin, which is mad cheap. So yeah, that's cheap. Right. 
But remember when it didn't used to be though, and people were like dying because they couldn't get their friggin' insulin because it was so expensive. And, and see, and honestly, because and that's the point. Once there's more yeah. access, because more people are making it and it's more available. But when you think about the, you know, why these things cost so much is because also supply and demand. The same demand that people who are suffering from diabetes are having for the medicine. And mm-hmm. feeling like they should have it, even though they could take liraglutide or dulaglutide right. or metformin mm-hmm. or glipizide or these up medicines, um, yeah. suffer side effects and not have as the best outcome, but still they work. Yeah. Um, they still work. Yeah. They, that, that's the same argument for people who are, you know, suffering from obesity. So yeah. one argument is not superior to another. And no. you can't convince me that it is when I look me at either. people who are having true benefit, mm-hmm. positive outcomes, and they're yeah. doing great. They're doing. Yeah. yeah. I yeah, wish exactly. I wish we could I wish it could be made everywhere and it could have Me full too. access for everybody. But I promise you, next year it'll be a whole brand new one, and we'll be talking yeah. about medicine. That's right. Yeah, we do got a new one. We got that red true tide that we can't pronounce coming out. The yeah, I'm super tide. curious because I do wonder when I start getting towards the end because I I legitimately to get to get to a BMI I probably still have to lose 100 pounds to you know, and I've lost a lot. I've lost 72 so far, and I but I still have a lot. Like yeah. we're talking, I'm 40. I'm gonna be 44 this year. Like. I've been at this a while, you know? So it's like, I'm, I'm a year in, I figure I got another year at it, but here I am on 12.5 Manjaro. Right. So part of me is like, is that, is that it for me? Does it stop working? Do I need to try red two tides? So it's like, I don't even know what equals forever for me. I just know I have today and I'm just kind of really, really thankful that I have it today. You know, it changes your mindset. That's a don't. So I don't want you to feel defeated. And we talk offline about some of the other things that you can do that can make the more effective. I would love to hear that. That we maybe need to address that. Okay. I love that. So don't feel, I love it. There's what I do want everyone to hear is even if you feel like you've reached a plateau. Yeah. Believe it or not, continuing and pushing through and staying on it, it, you push that and keep it consistent. It's just like the fitness competition. I push through that plateau and I can, after consistency, my body starts yeah. seeing those numbers started resetting in my you know, brain that says, oh, this yeah. is her weight is supposed to be lower down because she's not, you know, she's now re- reached a negative. There's a deficit. Yeah. And so my body started to respond. It did take a while. And yeah. your body will do the same. Your body, if you, stay on, you stay on it and you stay consistent and you are making the lifestyle changes, 150 yeah. minutes of aerobic exercise every single yeah. week. Three days mm-hmm. of resistance training. That means lifting weights, women and men, 30 minutes, yeah. making sure you're drinking half your body weight in ounces of water, making sure you're doing a hundred grams of protein, making sure you're getting eight oh. plus hours of sleep, eight plus yeah. hours of sleep, eight plus hours of sleep, making <laughs> sure that you're minimizing your access to alcohol and other mm-hmm. things that are going to, again, mess up your circadian rhythms, making yeah. sure that checking and making sure there's not something else that is coming into play. There's some other um, disease process that is inhibiting or affecting you. And for some people, um, believe it or not, some things in your diet, just looking and really being hyper vigilant about writing, including Tic Tacs, writing every single thing down that you put into your mouth. Because we have a lot of like the creamer we put in our coffee or the afternoon, those little bars that we think are 100 calories, but you ate 10 of them. So that was a thousand calories. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or use not, you know, using yeah. olive oil is good for you, but you don't need to drizzle that shit, you know, yeah. <laughs> thousand calories. So yeah. understanding that there are some other things that we could be doing that are sabotaging our benefit. 
Um, yeah. So that makes total sense. I mean, I did hit a stall that was sense. really difficult to get through. I was a three month stall and I was like, I wanted to give up, but I just kept thinking again, this was the gear shift that I was allowed to do now because I couldn't before I was like, but I've had so many good things and I feel so much better. So even if I don't lose another pound, like I'm still really good and my numbers are really good and it'll happen. And it did happen. You know, it's just like you said, I just, I just kept consistency. I just kept it. And then the medicine did the rest and I did the other part, you know, and then that's that combination and that like full circle thing you were talking about at the beginning, you know, and I think it's good, but I, I didn't have somebody guide me through that. Luckily I had an amazing community and like, they were just so supportive and I could see other people like me going through the same things. And I'll go, Oh, okay. Like I can do that too. I can do that too. You know, yeah. so sometimes we have to get, I guess, not from our doctors if we can't, you know, <laughs> but, <laughs> but I'm glad we have our amazing community for sure. Yeah, definitely. Awesome. Well, this has been such a great conversation. Thank you so much Thank for joining you. us. People are going to love it. I'm so excited. And, and we're, the, we're the season two premiere. Yes, we love it. And I, I know we lost our cat. And that is legitimately the saddest thing that has happened to me. I know. <laughs> she's I, never far away. No, she's okay. not. She's, I said, I'm going to call her right after. Yes. We can put <laughs> she her got to come here. on for for a few minutes, you know, like, yeah, but it's just sad. And like, we had to happen to JT before too, where we lost her and it's like, it just, it bothers me. And it's always freaking thunderstorms, Atlanta, jeez, yeah. you yeah. know, but anyway, but it's been wonderful. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining. And um, I mean, I guess I know we're like super not structured today because of all the weirdness with the weather, but um, <laughs> we'll just say, we'll just say hasta la pasta now. <laughs> we'll just yes. sit from there. Thanks so much guys. And we'll talk to you next week. Welcome to Thank season two. We got, you. we already got the whole month planned out. So we're so excited to have you and we got more coming. Yes. <laughs> Thanks so much. <laughs> Bye. Bye. It's time to take control of the food noise, shed those cravings, and embrace a life of transformed health. Are you ready to experience the end bold difference? Evidence-based care from doctors who listen. Take control of your biology today and start your journey toward a healthier, happier you. Visit enbold.com to embark on your transformational journey with Enbold. And bold, where real change begins.